I've had a boss tell me, you know, I, I was trying to profess my passion and my point of view and my professional judgment. And I straight up had a boss interrupt me and say, Jill, nobody cares if you care. But I'll always remember that because as a boss and as a leader, I want to care. And when people feel cared about, they will give you their best work. was none other than CSUF social media specialist Jillian Boyd talking about her experiences with difficult bosses. And on this episode of the CSUF podcast, we're going to be talking about good leadership skills with my bosses, Jillian Boyd and Michael Mahi, who are leaders in the strategic communications department at CSUF. I asked them to come onto the CSUF podcast to talk about their experiences in leadership and how to teach students how to be better leaders to climb the corporate ladder and how to effectively lead teams with kindness and empathy. So stay tuned to learn more. Hi, Titans, and welcome back to another episode of the CSUF podcast, a show where we chat about creating success in all areas, including personal development, career, education, and of course, all things CSUF. As always, I'm your host, Mirabelle Esaias, and today I have the privilege of interviewing Senior Director of Digital Media at CSUF, Michael Mahi, and CSUF Social Media Specialist, Jillian Boyd, aka My Bosses, dun, dun, dun. And today we're going to be talking about how to spot mistreatment in the workplace, creating positive environments for teams, and how to become a leader extraordinaire. Welcome to the CSU podcast. How are y'all doing today? Fantastic. I'm doing great. Thank you. <laughs> Good to hear. I'm so excited to talk to both of you. I mean, I've been at Stratcom for almost three years now, so it's great to have you guys on the podcast, and um, I'm sure that it's going to be a lot of fun. So are you guys ready to get into our first questions? I've never been more ready than right now. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> What type of leadership techniques do the two of you use to create such a positive and creative work environment that pushes your assistants and interns to face challenges and grow as employees? Since I'm the senior digital media director, maybe I'll start with that one, okay? So first off, Mirabelle, I just want to say thanks for inviting the two of us here to talk about leadership. Woo-hoo! Leadership, you know, for me, it all starts with understanding the people that, that work with you. It's a collaborative environment, right? We all work together. In creating a positive environment, you lean on the strengths of each one of your team members, building a trust between your team where they understand that if you ask them to do something, it's not something that you wouldn't take on yourself. So it's building trust and it's building and understanding your team's strengths and weaknesses for me. How do you build that trust? You let them fail every now and then. The key of it is understanding who the people are that work with you. But every now and then they have to get thrusted into something that they do take a little setback, but they learn from it, right? So it's understanding and it's getting to know the individual to a point where you can trust their skill set, but you have to throw different things at them so that they succeed. So a boss has to do the work themselves to learn how to understand another person and learn their skill set before giving tasks and before being an effective leader. My best bosses have been that way. They wouldn't ask me to do something that they haven't already done themselves or wouldn't take the task on themselves. My worst bosses are the ones that just bark out orders. They didn't pay attention to what was going on or to the people that they were trying to manage. Anything to add, Jill? 
I work directly beneath Mike. So he is my leader. I mean, I've been working at Cal State Fullerton on and off for like eight years, nine years. And a lot of leadership in my mind is associated with empathy. Never ask someone to do what you wouldn't be willing to do. I think your team, when they see you do those things, they notice that you care. And that's really at the heart of the type of leader that I am and that I want to continue to be is really empathetic and just continuously working hard. And I have a pretty good boss to learn from. And I love the fact that Jill uses a lot of humor and a lot of positive reinforcement as well as Mahi. Like I see a lot of positive reinforcement in this team. And I think that's so important. I remember Jill always says like, find a boss that cares. And that's so interesting and something that I'll always remember. All right, let's get into our second question. How can students who want to climb the corporate ladder learn from these techniques so that they can be a part of the Good Leader Club? I would say students who want to climb the corporate ladder, you know, it's kind of challenging to be a leader in a team setting where you may not have been an established leader. So I would just say, like, continue to use that empathy. And I use humor, you know, me. creating that comfortable environment and learning from a comfortable environment has helped me sort of get to where I am today. What do you think, Mike? Well, a couple things. And, you know, I've been on this earth for a few years and kind of started from scratch and worked my way up. I'll tell you, the, the one thing you want to do if you want to be in leadership is model after somebody that, that you really admire and the way that they do their work. If all you had was a boss that was kind of a, you know what I'm saying, that was the only role model you had for being a boss, you're going to learn that. So find a leader that really exudes the idea of collaboration empathy, the ability to roll up his or her sleeves and jump in and do the work. And always remember that the key to, to learning is to continually to learn, right? So if you learn one task or one skill set, learn another one and keep learning and keep learning and keep learning. Keep making yourself part of the conversation. And so it's that idea of bravely stepping into things that may be a little unknown and maybe a little hesitant to do because you don't think you have the skill set, but put yourself out there and and do it. How do you think students can start practicing becoming leaders in their daily lives? Kind of put, yeah. putting themselves in uncomfortable situations and learning from them? I just go out and I start talking to people. You know, be eager to build a relationship with somebody. And it's, it's worked for me for a lot of years. And I think if we're always in our comfort zone, we're never going to rise up that aspirational thing of being the boss one day. Kind of found it interesting when you were saying interjecting yourself. Interjecting. Is that okay to do in a work environment. Like let's say if you hear your bosses or a group of people in the workplace talking about a project and you're like, I want to be a part of that project. Is that something that students can do, should do? What do you think about that? So you have to read the room, right? At this time, that's when I say building the trust with the bosses and the people that are in your in that room. They know that, hey, you have good ideas. They're going to listen to them, but they won't ever know them unless you speak up about them. So don't be rude. Don't be overbearing because then you become that, like, I got a lot of grandkids, right? So then you become that grandkid that's like, me, 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 right? <laughs> So, uh, but you do want to, you do want your presence to be known. So yeah, is it okay to interject yourself into a conversation or say, Hey, by the way, I heard what you guys are saying and then go into, I had an idea or you might want to think about this. And the more times you offer up those types of things and we come up with solutions rather than problems, the leadership is going to, they're going to value that as a leader that you're looking for people to come up with solutions, not problems. Jill? Exactly what you're saying is so applicable to students who want to be a good leader. And I like how you mentioned in your question, like how can students or how can ambitious professionals 
want to climb this corporate ladder, I would say from my perspective, a few techniques that I would recommend to students or anybody looking to climb up that corporate ladder or progress in their leadership skills are to ask yourself why you want to be a leader. Start there. Why do you want to be a leader? Is it to have control over everything or is it to be a good example? Is it to contribute to a positive, healthy work environment? Ask yourself why you want to be a leader and what kind of leader you want to be. And then certain techniques like learning how to delegate and taking initiative can also follow with that. And you know what? I can't tell you how many times I've failed and I am lucky that I have an opportunity to try things and fail because it just teaches me more. Like how Mike was saying earlier, you know, sometimes we learn from our mistakes more than our successes sometimes. So it's not always going to be easy, but those are some techniques that I would definitely recommend. Perfect way into going into our follow-up question. Mahi has preached this notion, you have permission to fail, as we just said in the beginning of this interview. What does that mean? And why do you think it's important for your employees and assistants to have permission to fail? Oh, that's a really easy one. So the idea of having permission to fail allows you to build your strengths. So the notion of giving your employees a permission to fail, it pulls off that onus of if you try something and it doesn't work, then we've learned something from that. Something came positive out of that. And that's that whole idea of positive feedback and the empathy part of it all is that nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to get it right the first time. Coming from someone that tries to contribute to a positive work environment, you can't change anybody. And Growing as a leader and learning new skills is really important. Just constantly being the kind of leader that you want and constantly being the kind of leader that I needed when I was a student is what I try to provide. Because I had a really challenging time in college. Like I went through medical issues and Mike was there for all of it. I was a student assistant and he was extremely flexible and just made sure to let me know that I was supported. And that's what made me want to stay here. I would say contributing to a positive work environment would be like, making healthy decisions for yourself. Sometimes leaders will make decisions based off of their emotions. And that's really challenging for a team because you don't really know how to navigate that. But with that being said, you can't really navigate around people's emotions. So I was in the newspaper business for 35 years. I managed huge newsrooms, uh, 14 system metroiders underneath me with a full range of about 150 reporters, big scale operation, managing all these different types of personalities, right? Even in that environment, I was still a mentor to the younger reporters or to even the reporters that had been there for a long time because I had a skill set that was able to have an open dialogue with folks. I was able to step back and to relate to that person as opposed to forcing them to relate to me. Because if I can relate to you, then all of a sudden you're going to start listening to me. All the skills that I learned as a leader in a major corporate environment, I could apply here and I could even do it even better because they were eager to learn. And I understood that and I recognized that, that I was going to be the person that was going to help them take that next step. And that's a huge responsibility. And as a leader, you have to take that responsibility seriously. They're not just working for you. You're giving them the ability to become something great. So I, I think leaders, they need, they don't need to be all about them. That is for me, is kind of one of the bottom lines for just great leadership and understanding that you're here, your responsibility is to help make them even better than they were when they came here. That's such a beautiful way of putting that and like so exciting. And I think so 
passion inducing. So thank you for expressing that, the both of you. Okay, so let's get into our third question and then we'll get into our last one. So now that we've talked about what a great boss looks like, <laughs> let's talk about how uh, not so great boss looks like. So how can students and alumni entering the job market spot and avoid toxic work environments and bad leadership before it's too late? Oh, that before it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Before it's too late. <laughs> when you get stuck. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll just say I've had some experiences with a variety of different bosses in different work environments. And to answer the question, what can people do to avoid toxic work environments is ask many questions in your interview. What's the culture like? How does your team handle a conflict? How often would you say your team runs into and resolves a conflict. You know, you'll get the idea of just by how people respond as to what environment it's like. So use the opportunity to ask questions in your interviews to spot things like that. If you can't avoid things like that for the time being, plan an exit strategy that, you know, would um, help your career, but also take what you've learned from your perspective of poor leadership and just still be empathetic, right? Still be a human. Don't burn any bridges but just take all of your experience and just use it to power you to be the type of leader that you want to be. What about you, Mahi? Anything to add? I've been very fortunate. I work for some really good bosses and sometimes I count myself among a, a good boss and I learn from those folks. You are. But I've, but I've also, I've also uh, learned from uh, some bad ones too, right? And the bad ones are the ones that they don't listen. They don't acknowledge you. They bark at you. They basically rule from the top down, and it's my way or the highway. In the interview process, that that interviewer, they're probably the nicest person in the world. And you go, man, I'd really like to work for that lady. She seems so great. And then you get into it, and you go, whoa, where did this come from? Once you get into that environment, find out what's making that person that way. And I know we can't change people sometimes, but if we understand what their motivation is and saying, hey, I'm just here to help you and make your job a little bit easier, make our team uh, shine. So let's see if we can work that out. And if that doesn't happen, then have an exit strategy. If you walked into a boss and they were just like, this is not the put, and have a little extra cash available and just say, I'm out of here. I need to work in a direction that is going to help me grow and help me be eventually what I want to be. That's great advice. Definitely. Just leave. Don't stay. Jill, you were saying. I've had a boss tell me, you know, I I was trying to profess my passion and my point of view and my professional judgment. And I straight up had a boss interrupt me and say, Jill, nobody cares if you care. But it wasn't a bad experience because it did teach me how important it is to care. But I'll always remember that because as a boss and as a leader, the, per- the leader I want to be that I've learned from Mahi, I've learned a lot from Mahi, is that I want to care. And when people feel cared about, they will give you their best work. Bottom line for me is a boss is, and a great leader is someone who cares about me. But in some work environments, it's not. Everybody has a different opinion of how they should work at work. You know, I, I asked that same boss who told me nobody cares if you care. He said, what keeps you here? What, What is, you know, what do you like about this place? And the one answer was, it gives me a paycheck. And I just really understood that that boss wasn't saying those things to hurt me. They were legitimately saying those things to inform me that even though I cared, nobody would care. And that was just the situation that I was in. So understanding and being empathetic towards that person, just trying to understand them, helped me not take that so to heart, but just help me understand, always seek to understand everybody can be a leader in every point of where they are. 
That's such a gut-wrenching experience. And I'm so sorry that either of you or anybody who's listening has ever gone through an experience where a boss has made you feel less than. It made me better. I wouldn't be sorry. It made me better. Definitely. It gave me that experience, you know, that I, I don't want anyone to tell you, Mirabelle, when you enter the big, bad professional world that nobody ah. cares if you care, but it will give you a perspective like no other. So in a way, running into bad leaders is just life, in my opinion, right? Say absolutely. That's uh, that's the price that you pay. It's a roll of, sometimes it's just a roll of the dice. Quick advice for anybody out there that's trying to avoid a toxic. When you apply for the job, reach out to somebody on LinkedIn. Hey, I, I saw that you worked here. I'm planning on applying for that. Why aren't you working there anymore? And if you do that, there's a good chance that they'll get back to you. And they'll say, you know, it was the greatest place ever. I just had another opportunity or avoid it like the plague. It's a simple piece of advice, but it's just do your homework, right? Because this is this is matters. This is going to be a place that you're going to be spending majority of your day. You want to work in a place where you do have the ability to be collaborative. You do have the ability to shine. You do have the ability to, to make a difference. And I think that through this last question, it really showcased how much people at CSUF care about CSUF. It really showcases that the people behind our brand, the people behind the social media, they care about Cal State Fullerton and they care about our students. Yes, we do. We yeah. care so much. You see that. It's, you can see the passion in both of you. And that's what makes me so happy to stay here and to be at this place and to be a student assistant. So my last question would be, why are you proud to be a Titan? The biggest question. I know. Do you want to go, Jill, or you want me to go? You go first. I want to see what you, I want to see why you're proud first. Well, I'm a 1983 graduate of Cal State Florida. The quick answer is I never thought that I'd ever be a college student. So then I went on to have a great career in journalism, twice nominated for a Pulitzer, uh, won major award, covered great big stories and just had a, a wonderful career. Then I just decided, you know what, there's time for a change. If I was going to change that, I wanted to work someplace where I could make a difference. So for me, Cal State Fullerton is that difference. It's the ability to help tell the story of Cal State Fullerton. And every day I wake up going, not hating this job, but what's the day going to be like? What's the story of Cal State Fullerton going to be like today? And and can I communicate to an audience of folks that have been here and share that love of Cal State Fullerton that I do? Because I know for a fact that at the end of it, when they graduate and when they become an alumni and they look back at our social media, that's all they remember is the good, they remember the good times. What about you, Joe? What makes you proud to be a Titan? I would say that, you know, Cal State Fullerton really made me who I am today. You know, I loved it so much. I never wanted to leave and I enjoy working here, but I would say... The thing that makes me the most proud is being able to help people through what I do and provide them with that sense of Titan family. And through our social media, because we do really care, it's a great environment. It provides a lot of opportunity for students, the social media team that we have. My gosh, that makes me so proud because I was a student in that exact position. So just to be able to lead in a sense that way, huh? leadership it just makes me really proud to be able to work with you all and you know just to see all of the awesome things that we do come to fruition and and make people really feel happy and, and also make people feel proud to be titans themselves Ooh, great answer both of you thank you so much so that concludes our interview i think it was amazing and i'm hoping that our students faculty and staff learned how to be an amazing leader from my amazing leaders are there any uh, social medias that you guys would like to plug? Obviously, at CSUF Official, but um, any anything else? Last words? 
may your dreams no I'm just kidding (laughs) but you know it's just it's been a pleasure to see you become a leader as well you know I don't know if people who are listening here on the podcast know that how many episodes do we have Mirabella what over 40 40 we have 40 45 over 40 episodes that you have led so I hope from listening to this podcast and people can hear your experience of becoming a leader in this way it's sort of like podcast leadership inception (laughs) so that was my final word just good job leading this podcast and you know I can't wait to see where it goes look at that positive reinforcement anyways you're saying no just so my final word so you two right are shining examples of what can happen if you give somebody and, and trust them i mean i remember mirabella came here as a freshman going can i have a chip and student assistant and all that stuff and and i took a chance right i said hey you know if it all works out she'll be with me for three or four years it'll be all great right and it's uh it's worked out wonderfully and we've given you plenty of opportunities to fail and, and more opportunities to succeed and that's amazing. And then with Jill, I mean, I found her on a park bench one day. And from there on, I just couldn't get, it's like a bad penny. I just we need our own, so just a social media podcast. Just I agree. Social media, because I need to rephrase. I was at College Park sitting on a bench talking with a friend. So it was... You know, <laughs> He you was homeless, now. destitute, and begging for money. No, oh my God. absolutely not. Do not put this in there. This and, is definitely uh, going in. Just let you know. Going, right. But it's just, uh, when I look at Jill, I say, this is somebody that did everything that I just said through this whole podcast. She was eager. She wanted to learn. She did it for free. She came in and she spent extra hours and she did all the things that got my attention, right? And I said, okay, so let's take it to the next level. Let's take it to the next level. Give you a little bit more responsibility. And ultimately she's landed. So I feel very proud, not only being out of time, but the person that's helped guide you through uh, both of you guys. That's so beautiful. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, oh, I'm starting to cry. Didn't think I'd be crying on a podcast. (laughs) Had no idea. Okay. Thank you both so much for all of your time. I know you guys are super busy, so I really appreciate you guys coming on the CSU podcast. It has been such a privilege. So thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Peace out. Thank you so much to Jill and Mahi for coming on to the CSUF podcast. As always, it's a pleasure to talk to both of you. I honestly say that these two are the best bosses that I've ever had, and I absolutely love working for Stratcom. But they didn't become the best bosses overnight. They had to work, and they had to learn, and they had to go through hard experiences to get to where they are now. So if you're struggling with your professional career, just know that there's always time for a change and you're never going to succeed if you're always in your comfort zone, just like Mahi said. So take a chance. I am by no means a success story, but I would not be where I am if I didn't go onto the Career Center website and looked up internships for social media and Mahi didn't give me a chance. And even if somebody doesn't give you a chance and is blind enough to not give you a chance, don't take it as a setback. Take it as a learning experience because you have to fail to succeed. Well, Titans, that's all I have for this week. So stay positive, stay safe, and don't forget to follow at Official for all social media updates. You can also find coronavirus updates at www.coronavirus.fullerton.edu. Once again, I'm your host, Mirabelle Isaias, signing off. <laughs>